Hey everyone, and welcome back to another post from r slash pro revenge, a subreddit where people post stories when they got revenge on someone who had wronged them. Today's story, racist boss harassed Puerto Rican employees and broke labor laws, ended up getting deported. I worked at a fairly well-known restaurant in a small northern New England city as an assistant manager. The owners were very successful with several successful non-chain establishments and spent maybe a day or two a month in our location. The rest of the time, there was a general manager in charge. We'll call her Jan. Jan was about as type A as they come. She was a middle-aged woman, but beautiful and petite, and she always looked put together and primped. Jan had started with the owners a decade earlier in their first restaurant as a server and had worked her way up to general manager over the years. At first, I just thought she had extremely high standards, which I respected. I have high standards as well and take pride in my work. I had been impressed by how the kitchens were spotless. The staff was immaculate, like run a white gloved hand under the back of the oven and it comes back white kind of clean and the food was always top quality. I had frequently been a customer and was thrilled that I got the job there. I had been in the business for a decade and that restaurant was the place in our area. I was so excited. Unfortunately, I quickly learned why everything is so shining and perfect. Jan was a tyrant. She was the kind of boss who soured the mood of the entire staff like a storm cloud hovering over us that never went away. Nothing was ever good enough and the standards changed from day to day. On a good day, she would shut herself up in the office and then leave early. Good days were very rare and could turn into bad days at the drop of a dime. On bad days, you couldn't be perfect enough and she would come up with new rules and regulations just to punish people. If a host called out sick, they were literal children, she would berate them on the phone and make them cry. If a cook made a mistake on a plate, she would humiliate them in front of the staff, accuse them of doing it on purpose, and then give us all the silent treatment for hours. Seriously. If someone's cashed out was off even by a few cents, She would accuse them of theft and force me to cut down their hours. As a fellow manager, I was mostly spared of her awful behavior, though I had to hear about her treatment from my staff almost every day. All of this was just run-of-the-mill bad boss stuff until it came time for our yearly staff evaluation meetings. This is where Raul enters the story. Raul was a hard-working dishwasher who had moved to our state from Puerto Rico a few years earlier and spoke English with some difficulty. Whenever I had to go over anything official with him, we would have a co-worker translate between us to be sure we were both communicating clearly. Jan refused this courtesy to Raul. This made his evaluation pretty difficult. Raul managed to communicate to us that due to recent cuts in his hours, he would be forced to get a second job to pay the bills. Something about this absolutely set Jan off. She told him she would fire him if he dared. I could see plainly on the intake paperwork in front of me 
that Raul had been hired with the understanding that it would be a full-time position. So I pointed that out. Jan was furious, but agreed through gritted teeth that if Raul agreed not to get a second job, she would bump his hours up to at least 35 hours a week. It was stated as clear as day, and I documented it in my daily manager logbook. Work went on as usual after that, and I didn't think much of this meeting again for a few months. Another time, a while later, while filing out information for tax returns, Jan called me into the office. I could tell she had pulled a tiny room apart looking for something. All the information about our Puerto Rican employees is gone, she told me with a mixture of panic and suspicion. I looked at the files in question, and they all seemed to be in order. So I was confused and told her I couldn't help. A few minutes later, I walked back in the office to find her arguing with Rosa, our most talented chef and a Puerto Rican native. Rosa was perfectly fluent in English. No, Rosa. Jan was speaking to Rosa as though she were hard of hearing or mentally slow. Where is your green card? What are you talking about? Rosa was confused. Are you an illegal or something? Is that why one of you broke in here to hide the proof? Jan wasn't yelling, but her eyes were cold and flashing with rage. What? Rosa was starting to get angry now. It suddenly clicked for me, so I interrupted. Jan, uh, you do realize that Puerto Rico is a United States territory, right? Of course I know that. Jan snapped back. Okay, so you know that Rosa has a social security number like any other American native? Oh, right. Never mind, Rosa. You can go back to work. Jan did not apologize for accusing Rosa of theft. I was so done with this place after that. Jan did all kinds of little things like that, and she never apologized. I had already gotten a job offer for a place closer to my house when the final straw came. I was the closing manager one day and got in just before the dinner rush to see Raul storming out the back door. He didn't speak much English, but his effing bitch was very clear. Jan had lied about raising his hours to 35 per week, so Raul had gotten that second job he talked about. When Jan found out, she fired him but not before saying something about how all you illegals are the same. She was really fixated on these American citizens being illegal aliens for some reason. By this point, I effing hated this woman too. She once told me my clothing made me look poor in front of the whole staff. I was wearing what she made me wear. Meanwhile, she wore open-toed shoes behind the line, which is against the health codes. And once... Her fake nail fell off into the coleslaw, and she wouldn't let anyone toss it out after she retrieved it. This is just the tip of the iceberg, but I have a life to live. Since I knew I would be leaving soon anyway, I told Raul he should go after our boss for wrongful termination, since I had documented proof, with Jan's signature, that he had been promised more hours, and that Jan had broken the agreement, not Raul. The last time I saw Jan was on my way out of Raul's lawyer's office after giving a deposition about several labor laws she had violated, at least the ones that I knew about. Apparently, 
There were many others she had broken in front of other employees. She couldn't even look me in the eye. And the best part? At my deposition, I learned that Jan was actually the one who was illegally in the country. Her green card had recently expired. She was Canadian. She ended up being sent back to Canada as a result of this case, and no one has heard from her since. Raul was granted six months of unemployment pay, plus the restaurant had to pay his legal fees. They closed that location not long after. Maybe they should hire their managers more carefully next time. Hey Jan, if you're reading this, I hope you got your shit together. I also hope you learned to wear closed-toed shoes behind the line. You wouldn't want to end up in a huge, gigantic F-up due to your own negligence, now would ya? Man, the fake nails in the salad made me try, heave a little. Classic narcissist. Everyone else has to be perfect, but any mistake she makes can be excused. Love the irony that she was the illegal and got deported in the end. I'm hoping Raul got a big payday from all of this. I hate how bosses like her usually get to keep their job because they can effectively hide all the bullshit they pull and usually people who are fired or quit have very few ways of proving just how awful they are. Gotta say Jan certainly deserved this one. Canada appreciates your warranty return of your Canadian citizen. We will send you a replacement with a functioning Canadian friendliness feature as soon as possible. She was Canada B-grade, not up to our usual standards. Sometimes they just go bad when you leave them in a warmer climate a little too long. As a Puerto Rican girl from Miami, now in Arizona, nothing makes me madder than thinking Puerto Ricans are illegal. F-Jan. I love seeing Puerto Rican flags and people's cars here. To me, it's a dare to ignorant cops. So that wraps up today's post. What are your thoughts on this story? Do you have any horrible boss stories of your own? Have you ever been in situations where someone was accused of being in the country illegally? We would love to hear your stories and thoughts in the comments below. If you liked the video, leave a like or a comment. It always helps us out a lot. And if you'd like to hear more and see more posts from r slash pro revenge and other subreddits when they come out on the channel, please subscribe. As always, thank you so much for watching and for listening. Hey everyone, and welcome back to r slash pro revenge, the subreddit where people find ways to get expert revenge on those who have wronged them. Today's post, I just wanted my deposit back. So about 10 years ago, my wife, then girlfriend, and I decided to move in together. She was sick of living in a dorm and my lease was up and we had a family friend that was looking for someone to move into a little granny flat under their house. I say under because they lived on a steep hill where the flat was below the house with an entrance on the back side, so we had this incredible view out back. A pool, we'll get to that insane thing, fire pit, etc. And the rent was in our price range, and the LL, let's call her Mary, even dropped it $100 if we did some yard work, skimmed the pool, etc. Oh, my parents own a couple rentals and have my whole life. 
I've done maintenance for them and even attended a couple court cases as well with them. This will come into play later. Everything was great for a couple months. Then Mary and her wife started fighting. Screaming matches, stomping above us, throwing things. I didn't understand how people could be that mad at each other that often and still be together. I eventually sent them an email saying we were not comfortable with the fighting and we wanted to make sure they were okay, etc. They replied to that with, you're lucky to have a place this nice. Mary began to scrutinize the yard and pool work I was doing to the point she would insist I vacuum and skim the saltwater pool with no chemicals. Saltwater pools need far less chlorine than regular ones, but they still need some. Wanted me to stop mowing and use a weed whacker only because the mower was getting old and tired. Just really petty things. The last straw was when a driver was shot in a gang shooting across the street. We decided to cut our losses and get out of there. Found a new apartment and a roommate, one of my wife's college friends, that was open a month later. Perfect for us, we were on month to month on this place. Emailed Mary that we were moving out in 30 days, etc. At that point, she went insane. Tried to do daily inspections of the granny flat, would call and email daily with chores around the property she'd insist we do, and would pound on her floor, our ceiling, every time she heard so much as a whisper. Daily inspections would require 24 hours notice. She never gave that. Then she tried to bring potential renters over to see the flat. We flat out told her to go away when that happened, with no notice. Finally, two weeks before move out, she had a pest control guy stop by when I was at work and my wife was in class. Our cat was home alone and we got the notice about spraying pesticide from her in a text about the same time the guy started. So I rush home after work, stop by upstairs and ask for a copy of the pest control receipt. I have massive allergies to most pesticides, so I need to know what was used. She goes into her office and brings back a copy with every single chemical on the list checked off. Every single one. I immediately take the copy, run down, grab the cat in a handful of clothes, and drive to my parents' house. We stayed there four days, hoping everything would clear out in time for us to finish packing and cleaning. The last couple days before move out, Mary was out of town and we were able to get it completely finished a day early. We'd even patched nail holes, painted, cleaned the carpet, and my mom came and helped us get it ready for the next tenants. It was immaculate, and we took photos and video of everything. When Mary did the checkout with us, we said we weren't comfortable being there without filming, legal to do, and she did a short walkthrough stating it was fine, but that her copier was broken and she'd have to email us the final copy. Two days later, we got that copy, with 1400 in damages claimed above our deposit, including a number of charges, like my wife had to replace a screw in a cabinet, $1 for screw, $15 labor. I was livid. The place was spotless. My mother, a landlord who does all her own prep work in rentals, helped us, and we'd been very non-confrontational except for filming the walkthrough. I had kept every email, text, and letter from them, and started to put together a small claims case. I figured she would already be doing the same. Luckily, I knew my tenant rights and that she'd violated them a lot, including email chains where I'd point out 24-hour notice laws, etc. in emails, and she'd reply to them. Finally, I called the exterminator. The conversation went like this. Hi, 
You sprayed in my flat without my permission because my landlord ordered it with no notice to me with my cat inside and used every chemical on your receipt. We most certainly did not. Here's a copy of the work order. We only put out ant traps on the outside. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you for your clarification. Armed with that last little piece, I countersued, asking for a bad faith penalty as well as our deposit. Bad faith was three times deposit, so I was asking for a total of four times what we'd given Mary on move in. The big day came in court. I showed up early, had everything in order and ready, and she swaggers in huffed up and clearly ready to put me in my place. We sit outside the courtroom for about 20 minutes until a courtroom worker asks the waiting room if anyone would be willing to go to mediation instead since they were booked solid. We both say yes and go into a mediation room with an arbitrator whose job was just to keep us civil and answer any legal questions they could while staying neutral. Mary lays out her case. It takes about four minutes. The arbitrator looked very neutral still. Then I present my case bringing up each violation, each lie, and end it with the work order from the exterminator. Both copies. At this point, the arbitrator looks visibly upset, and I can tell they're just trying to stay neutral. Mary then asks them, why is he asking for four times the deposit? The arbitrator then explains the bad faith penalty, then looks at me. Would you be okay dropping the penalty for your deposit back? Sure. They looked over at Mary. I can't tell you what to do, but what I can say is, if you decide to go back into that courtroom in front of a judge, it's not likely to go in your favor. I swear, they really said this. I know they're not supposed to, but they did. I got my deposit back. Wish I had had this kind of knowledge when I was in college. I got screwed out of so many deposits. Why'd you drop the penalty, though? Take her to the cleaners. She was still a family friend. Though she burned that bridge later in the year with other BS. Ooh, now I'm curious. What happened that caused you to cut all ties with her? She decided to punish my wife's mother for us moving out. Tried to get her blacklisted from all her friend group, etc. The friends weren't won over by her, though. She's basically ignored by all of them now. Thank God for that. That woman is completely bitter and vindictive. Sheesh. If she wasn't a family friend, would you have any reluctance for, to going for the three times? I don't know if the three times is automatic if bad faith is proven or if you have to have damages equal to it, which you could possibly argue, but it would be a stretch to make it 4K of damages. If it were me, I'd first look at the risk of losing and not getting any deposit. On the other hand, would you feel comfortable coming out ahead, assuming you didn't feel significant damages at her expense? But then there's the fact that she might reconsider her treatment of tenants if she had to pay out an extra 4K. Just curious about your thoughts, considering you are very familiar with the rental business. No, if it had been just a landlord, I would have happily asked for the penalty and taken them in front of a judge. Mary got a lot of flack over the next year before she finally stepped out of the group of family, friends completely. Last I heard, she was trying to create a new group with some of them and some other people. In the end, if she hadn't been a family friend, it would have been a much more satisfying ending for you all. But I also am willing to admit, I'll take a hit on the chin when it's someone I know personally. 
So that's it for the post, guys. Wow, I, I have to echo the one commenter who said, I wish I had had this kind of knowledge when I was in college and when I was moving from rental property to rental property, a lot of properties will stick you with such BS, not knowing about any of the kind of 24-hour notices or advance notices they have to give you for things. I feel like there are certain things everyone should have classes on, you know, like financial management, how to pay your taxes, and maybe how to, you know, handle being in a rental property, how to how to know your rights in those situations. What do, you, what do you think about this post? Have you ever been in a situation where a landlord or a rental property tried to screw you over in some way? How did you handle it? Or how do you feel about how OP handled his situation? As always, if you like the video, leave a like or a comment in that discussion below. It always helps us out a lot. And if you'd like to see more and hear more posts from r slash pro revenge and other subreddits, please subscribe. Thank you so much for watching and for listening.